0: go ahead and call us to order and if by the time we get ready to vote on something (laughs) let me know (laughs) (laughs) december 15th um the rock water reclamation commission meeting and it's called to order hal anderson will lead us in the pledge of allegiance
1: thank you i pledge allegiance to the flag of the united states of america and to the republic for which it stands one nation under god indivisible, with liberty and justice for all.
0: Thank you. Is there any objection to approving the minutes of the November 17th, 2021 meeting? Hearing none, the minutes are approved. Do you have any public comments, emails, or statements? We we do not have any, and I'm afraid we still do not have a and we, oh, we, we can that I can again. identify. Okay. All right. We'll see. We we do now. Commissioner Hightower is on. You can Perfect.
2: have four. Welcome, Commissioner Hightower. I'll start
0: again with agenda item three. Is there any objection to approving the minutes of the November 17, 2021 meeting? Hearing none, the minutes are approved. Do you have any public comments? You already said we don't. No, ma'am. Okay. And so I guess we're moving into the consideration of officers for 2022
2: commission. Yeah. um, Chairwoman McBride, uh, it's that time of the year that we select, uh, obviously, the chair, vice chair and secretary for 2022. Um, Generally, this uh, rotation occurs every year, uh, but for 2022 officers, um, staff is proposing an exception since all of our meetings have been virtual uh, due to COVID. Um, So we're proposing that uh, Janelle McBride continue as chair, uh, Shawnee Hightower continue as vice chair, uh, and Debbie Shaw continue as secretary for 2022, uh, if that's okay with the commission.
0: Do I hear a motion to that effect? Madam chair, I move to accept the slate as presented by staff. Thank you. A second? Second. Are there any questions? All those in favor? Aye. Aye. Opposed? Motion passes. Thank again. you, Chairwoman. Oh no, thank you. I'm honored to do it again. Want to That's quickly rich.
2: say that um, obviously, if uh, if things get better with uh, with the COVID after the holidays, obviously our goal is to try to have some in-person meetings, and uh, we'll obviously let you know. And and also uh, the opportunity to make sure that that folks can call in it will still be uh, possible.
0: I appreciate that. I look forward to being with everyone. And I think um, having sort of a hybrid with the option to call in for a bit is probably a <laughs> good call. That uh, consideration of monthly meeting dates.
2: Um, so in accordance with our bylaws, we are uh, proposing the 2022 commission meeting uh, continue to be held on uh, the third of Wednesday at 4 p.m. Um, there's two exceptions to that. One is the July summer break meeting and then the second section would be the December meeting will be held uh, the second Wednesday of the month uh, due to the third Wednesday being uh, the Christmas break um, if that's okay with the commission.
0: Okay, do I hear a motion? A so moved. Second. Are there any questions? All in favor? Aye. Aye. Opposed? Motion passes. So we have officers and meeting dates for twenty twenty two. Thank you, Amber. So much. Yates, yep. Thank you, Amber Yates. Will present to award and purchase authorizations.
3: All right. Good afternoon, everyone. So uh, the first um, purchase authorization that I'm going to bring to you today for your consideration is the sludge thickening polymer. Um, let me see if I can. Oh, there we go. There we go. Um, so this is a picture of the totes or the containers that the polymer is kept in. Um, just so you can kind of have a point of reference as we talk about totes, you know what they are and what they look like. Um, the next slide kind of shows, so that's probably not the most appealing slide. Um, it demonstrates the effect that the polymer has on the gravity belt thickener influent uh, feed. So um, sludge from all of the water reclamation facilities is treated at our Fish Creek Water Reclamation Facility, and it, where it's injected with a, a liquid cationic polymer upstream of the gravity belt thickener, or as staff calls it the GBT. Um, the polymer assist was separating the water from the sludge. Um, so this is a 2022 budget item, um, and which was approved in um, last meeting, and this is going to be a term contract with Polydyne, Inc., and it's resultant from an invitation to bid that we could, that staff conducted. Um, the contract's initial term will be a one year term with the option to renew up to six additional time years. The vendor's bid price was $1.41 per pound, or $3,243 per 2,300-pound tote, and we typically order about 85 totes a year. Um, Fish Creek only has enough storage to hold a certain number of totes at a time, so we typically order about once every three weeks. So the spend is on an as-needed basis throughout the year and not a one-time purchase. Um, one other item on the slide that I wanted to talk about is there There was only one bidder, but that's not uncommon for wastewater polymer uh, bids in this area to only have about one or two bidders. Um, there were other vendors that, that supply similar polymer. And in fact, we made sure to email this bid opportunity to 35 different wastewater polymer suppliers, but most of them buy their, their polymer from Polydyne and resell it. So we get a cheaper price from going through Polydyne versus, you know, getting, you know, we get it straight from the source versus a reseller. So, based on the estimated annual usage, the 2022 uh, spend is anticipated to be $275,655. And with that, I'll open it up to any questions that
0: the commission may have. I don't have any, does anybody have questions? Okay.
3: Um, I'm none. If if it's okay, I'm going to move on to the request. Amber. Oh, yes.
4: Yes, Mike. This is Mike. I just want to add a little bit of context. This item and the next item, um, there are significant price increases in these bids due to supply issues and logistics issues. So, um, you know, in full context, before you vote, um, I wanted everybody to know our budget for this line item and the next line item for 2022 we're uh, around 270,000 in total and this particular item is going to be right at that budget and we haven't even got to the second line item yet so you know as we suspected we certainly aren't surprised there are going to be significant price increases on some things that we budget and purchase um, and they're just due to the supply issues. the good news is that uh, revenues continue to be strong and we're in a strong uh, cash financial position but um, these items are coming in at a price that's significantly above what they have been in the past and if our usage is um, at 2021 levels we will be over budget uh, in the chemicals and uh, line items so i just wanted you to be aware
2: yeah, and our chairwoman McBride commissioners. Um, this is a situation that's occurring to all water utilities throughout the country. Um, chemicals have just had a tremendous spike in, in cost and, and obviously it is what it is. Um, our hope is that uh, if things level off, maybe um, we either renegotiate and or go back out for bid. But right now, all chemical prices for both water and wastewater are just sky high.
0: I'm assuming that's due to the pandemic
2: it it, yeah it's it it just it it is it's just part of that whole everyone seems to be cranking up prices based on shortages in one area or another
0: okay thanks for bringing that um to our attention mr rhoda
3: do you want to go on with the request yes yes thank, thank you chairperson mcbride so staff is requesting um, for the commission to approve purchase authorization for a total of $275,655 during the 2022 fiscal year and, to, and the contract award to Polydyne, Inc. and to authorize subsequent contract renewals to be approved and signed at the discretion of the CEO if the renewal is within the best interest of the utility and follows resolution 2016-16 in regard to change order procedures.
0: Do I hear a Motion. Motion. Second.
4: Second.
0: Any other questions? All in favor? Aye.
5: Aye.
0: Aye. Opposed? Motion passes and on to chemicals.
3: Yes, thank you. Pull that up. Here we go. Okay, so um, the of course the this one is for two different chemicals um, on the contract. It's uh, chlorine and sulfur dioxide. So this picture um, shows what the one the, these are packaged in one ton cylinders. So this picture kind of gives you context into what. They're packaged and what, you know, what the storage area looks like for chlorine and sulfur dioxide at our Fish Creek Water Reclamation Facility. Again, 2022 uh, budget item. Um, So these chemicals are used in the disinfection process at Fish Creek Water Reclamation Facility prior to effluent discharge into the Arkansas River um it's a ter- going to be a term contract with DPC Industries as a result from an invitation to bid that that staff conducted the initial term of the contract will be one year the option to renew up to six additional years of course contingent upon you know pricing and things like that we we have always have the option to go out for rebid um the vendor's bid price was 1776 per one-ton uh, cylinder for both chemicals. Uh, Fish Creek only has enough, similar to the polymer, they only have enough space to hold a certain number of cylinders at a time. So we typically order about once every other month or so um, to spend is on an as-needed basis, not a one-time purchase. And there was only one bidder for this one as well. But again, we posted it on our vendor portal, sent it to about a total of 135 vendors um, through, but through the portal and through sourcing chemical vendors. And when we looked into why there was only one bidder, the answer that we got over and over is that with the current supply chain struggles, each supplier is designated an allotment of these chemicals right now. So it's really hard for them to take on new customers. Um, So based on the estimated annual usage, the total spend for 2022 is anticipated to be $142,080. And uh, with that, I'll pause and um, if anyone has any questions.
0: I don't have any.
3: With that um, staff is requesting the for the Commission to approve the purchase authorization for chemicals for a total of 142,080 dollars during the 2022 fiscal year and the contract award to DPC Industries Inc. and to authorize subsequent contract renewals to be approved and signed at the discretion of the CEO if the renewal is within the best interest of the utility and follows resolution 2016-16 in regard to change
0: order procedures. Do I hear a motion? So moved. Second. Second. Any other questions? All in favor? Aye. 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 Opposed? Motion passes. Thank you, Ms. Yade. Thank you.
1: Paul Anderson presenting a contract change order. Thank you, uh, Chairperson McBride. Uh, if you will, give me a little bit of uh, opportunity here. I wanna make sure we all are understand what we're talking about here. So um, this is the Adamsville parallel treatment and um, ammonia removal project. Um, a little bit of background, the contract was awarded to J. Cumbie Construction um, of, of Cookville, Tennessee in April of 2018. The original contract amount was just over $29 million. And the original completion date was August of 2020 um, to date. So where we are today, um, we have executed a total of 10 change orders with an actual net reduction in the contract amount of just under $300,000. And we have increased the time under the contract by four months with a revised completion date of January 4th of 2021. So that's where the the contract stands today. Um, The good news is the project is is substantially complete. In our world, that means that it is functional, but the contractor is working on the punch list items that takes you from substantially complete to to final completion. Um, We're happy to note that as far as the goals of the project, um, we're we're confident and and happy that we've made those. The first was the hydraulic upgrade, increasing the capacity from 60 million gallons per day to 94 million gallons per day. And that was a consent order requirement. Um, We've had several months now of test data that shows that we are meeting the newly imposed ammonia limit. Um, So the biological ammonia removal part of the project has been met. And then we've also Um, We're happy to report that we now have an effluent pump station. First time we've had one of those at Adams Field, um, which will eliminate any concern over the elevation of the Arkansas River during flooding events and our ability to continue uh, to process wastewater. So those are three major project goals, and we're pleased to report um, that we've succeeded in all those. So so why are we discussing this today? Um, The commission has previously granted the CEO authority to approve contract change orders and amounts up to 10% um, of the original contract amount. Um, And even though this proposed change order we're going to discuss is 4.6%, given the nature of the negotiations and the considerable amount that's associated with a project this large, the staff felt like it was prudent to bring this before the commission for consideration. So I think we, I think it's only, um, It's only in in line to talk about the project challenges. This was a a large project, um, you know, close to a $30 million project, and it was all being performed on an existing facility that remained under the permit requirements from ADEQ. We had to maintain plant operations throughout all of the construction. We experienced a May 2019 flood event that was some 200-year flood event that was historic. We've dealt with the COVID pandemic um, throughout most of this contract period. And the treatment plant being 60 plus years old, there's always a lot of buried uh, infrastructure that is not documented that you run into during construction. So we're talking about two things today. The first is the contract change order. Um, The contractor submitted a total of 16 claims from April of 2020 through August of 2020 And those 16 claims totaled $5.5 million and a request for some 641 additional days. I would say after months of negotiations, um, a final offer, of course, pending commission approval today um, was made to Cumbie Construction and it was accepted by Cumbie Construction um, for a contract increase of $1,327,500 no increase in the contract time, but the removal of liquidated damages assessed for time beyond the contract. period. In addition to that, um, we intend to execute a settlement agreement and mutual release, given the amount of and the amount of the um, settlement, the nature of the negotiations, it seemed prudent to execute a settlement agreement. Um, The good thing about having a settlement agreement, it clearly communicates the agreed dollar amount. And when the payment will be made and how it's made. Um, it obtains a full release of any future claims from cumby Construction and we wanted to note that um, the authority has been notified by several subcontractors and material suppliers um, that have unresolved disputes with Cumbie Construction regarding payment. Um, now we're not, we are not in a position to know who's right in these disputes, or even know what the details of the contracts are between the contractor and his subcontractors. But we have repeatedly asked Cumby Construction throughout our negotiations to, um, to place a high priority on resolving these, uh, these disputes. The one good thing about the release is that it also protects us from many of those types of, of issues resulting from that dispute. Um, one final thing that was covered in the settlement agreement and release is a an established warranty period date which now takes our warranty period to October 22nd of 2022 Um, and that's clearly identified in the release so that brings us to the the request today so staff is requesting a motion authorizing CEO Greg Ramone to execute first a contract change order to Justin Cumby Construction in the amount of $1,327,500 which represents approximately 4.6% of the contract value and to remove the monetary liquidated damages associated with construction time beyond the contract completion date and secondly a, to authorize Greg Ramon CEO Um, to execute a settlement agreement and mutual release between little rock water reclamation authority and justin cumby construction related to the above mentioned contract change form
0: does anyone have any questions okay do i hear a motion so moved second second all in favor? Aye. 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 Opposed? Aye. Sorry. Opposed? Motion passes. Thank you. Thank you. The operations presentation from Walter Collins.
5: Yes, thank you, Chairwoman McBride, Commissioners. I uh, present my, um. Work. okay now this is a, a presentation it's a, actually a non-voting item so so everyone can sit back and relax and, and enjoy the show uh, but it is something near and dear to our hearts so uh what I've been asked to to kind of present is what a reclamation the um the hopes of this excuse me the hopes of this is to uh from the outcome is to, to be able to explain what it is uh why do we need it and how do we accomplish it we've we've all seen our elementary school you know natural water cycle uh my son actually had this in uh, in his class in elementary school so i borrowed that from him but we've all seen this and and we understand how it works in the in the actual uh, drinking water cycle uh, where you've got potable water uh, you know, we utilize it. It becomes uh, wastewater for water reclamation. But uh, I guess the first thing I want to ask is why water? I mean, uh, why not air? It moves material. A light, that would move something. Uh, a mechanical device. So all of these have movement and motion. But realistically, let's think about it. You know, this is something that's been going on for roughly 4 billion years. Uh, gravity moves water, so it it's, uh, doesn't require necessarily much energy. Uh, it's a great mechanism for transporting debris, particulate material. Uh, in its own action, it creates a little bit of oxygenation to help support uh, micro life and biological life in a water stream. So it's a natural conductor. And something that's not new, uh, this is the um, aqueduct from Rome. Uh, Interestingly enough, in in Rome, the city of Rome, had 11 separate aqueducts created to bring water in, uh, some of which stretched some 57 miles away to reservoirs. So they understood the importance of getting water, good drinkable water. Uh, They also prided themselves on sanitation. Uh, This is a facility, a a wastewater facility uh, uh, from Rome. And uh, running through the center of town was uh, originally a stream that they eventually covered, and um, they respected that uh, cleanliness or sanitation so much so that they actually created a goddess for it. So there is um, Cloacina—I didn't butcher that too much—is the goddess of sewers. Uh, they actually commemorated her in coin and in statues. So uh, I put the asterisk there because again, even though this is a non-voting item, there is a trivia question posed (laughs) in here somewhere. So, so just stay on your toes. So for centuries, uh, water, as it migrated through the cities and towns and ultimately wound up in rivers and streams and large bodies of water uh, here, the ocean, uh, the ocean was able to assimilate some of this material, this waste. And by its own nature, it kind of created a mechanism to clean. Uh, at the top here, you have wave action, so oxygenation. So you create aerobic bacteria. Uh, they're very beneficial in cleaning the upper layers of the water. Now, as heavier material settled to the bottom, uh, as well as the aerobic material died, you created anaerobic or airless zones, which formed its own groups of bacteria to kind of clean that area or that zone of the water stream. And then lying somewhere in between were faculty, facultative bacteria. Uh, These guys were were really aerobic and anaerobic. They could switch and work in either direction. So very beneficial uh, depending upon the season or the conditions. Now, unfortunately, we being humans, we have a tendency to um, have excess. And throughout the 1920s up till 1960s, uh, the unfortunate excess that we created, we simply discharged to our water bodies, creating um, uh, fish kills, oxygen depletion. Uh, Ultimately, what would happen is that sediment would make its way down the river being carried by this wonderful uh, conveyor or conductor of water, ultimately reaching a large body like a river or an ocean at which point it would simply deposit all this material again, creating an oxygenless zone. So by that, um, uh, 1972, the clean water act, it proclamated that we had to do something to clean up the environment. It, it was uh, bestowed upon us to, to bring some of that technology, some of this innovative, um, biology that we're seeing in nature and be able to consolidate it in time and space. And that's exactly what a wastewater treatment plant is. We borrow those same biology, those organisms that's in nature, and we provide them with the best possible living environment. The unfortunate part is the first step headworks. While uh, there was a big campaign that Mr. Ramon had, had pushed forward about the three P's and what not to flush. Uh, obviously, there you know the flushables are P poop and paper toilet paper Uh, The toilet paper breaks down readily so so it's treatable in a wastewater treatment plant what's not and unfortunate are plastic toys rubber ducks uh, cigarette butts all of the trash that gets dumped into the sewers and flushed down the sewers so the first line of defense is a bar screen Uh, these are metal bars with a very small opening to where the water can travel through, but a lot of the debris is caught on these screens. The debris is raked up, taken over, kind of squished to get the water out and pushed over to a dumpster. Just past this, we remove sand, grit, uh, eggshells, uh, seeds, any other um, non-biodegradable or not red- readily biodegradable material that can really interfere with the processes downstream, clogging pumps, clogging uh, a pipe, so we really remove all of that. And that's the only thing we don't reuse. Uh, all of this goes to a dumpster and we'll go to a landfill. But uh, everything else that's in the water, we ultimately treat and reuse in some way. So after we're past the headworks, <clears throat> again, the, the flow goes over to a rectangular system, a clarifier here. And in geometry, it really doesn't matter. More in the function. As the water comes in over here on the left hand side and it kind of travels across to the right, it does so very, very slowly. (laughs) About one foot per second, excuse me. So it will spend several hours within this basin doing pretty much what it does when a river or stream reaches a lake. Water slows down and it begins to drop material out. Again, this is rectangular. Adams has got circular clarifiers. Uh, the raw wastewater comes in in the middle as it makes its way out to the to the perimeter of the clarifier. The thicker heavy material, material tends to drop out, which is again, we're using gravity to, uh, to help accommodate that. That material that's left in the water, the soluble, that that's floatable, that material goes over, here's a quick video that material actually travels uh, again about two or three hours for the water to reach the edge ultimately going over a weir for further discharge now I want to point out here that is raw wastewater it's about 99.9 percent water and it's that 0.1 of particle that we have to remove so from the primary <coughs> pardon me we have to relift there was a uh, an upgraded Fush that required us to relift the water. And we do so in what we call a screw pump. Uh, Here's the water coming out of the primary around to the base of that screw pump. And this is the trivia question. This is a a screw mechanism and the auger pulls the water up. The technology or design principle behind this is, uh, is very old so uh, here's a hint the designer's name was Archimedes the first drawings for this particular style of pump date back to 234 BC and we still use this technology today it's very efficient uh, A great trivia question too for for kids that come out to tour the plant so as we relift now we move it over to the aeration basin this kind of mimics that aeration zone uh, in our body of water. Now, the benefit here is that we bring in about one third bugs or microorganisms to two third raw wastewater. And that brown color that you see there is really the microorganisms doing their thing. There, uh, flip over, you can see two different zones here the aerobic zone, which is where we encourage the aerobic bacteria. The facultative zone, we encourage the growth of facultative bacteria. And in the perfect environment, uh, they actually replicate or split in cells. And they will replicate or duplicate every 15 minutes. So we are really giving them the optimum place to do that. And we grow microorganisms. So after they've spent uh, about six hours under aeration, they ultimately make their way back over to another clarifier again geometry doesn't matter Uh, these are rectangular you see the circular in the back what happens is this this now mixture what we call is a mixed liquor suspended solids uh it's kind of really the bugs the microorganisms that have fed they're nice they're they're you know it's like after thanksgiving dinner they're ready just to relax so what we do is we bring them into the center of this tank where they be they're encouraged to fall out by gravity the water slowly migrates across that tank, ultimately comes up and over the weir here for uh, uh, disinfection and discharge. Uh, the water quality there is, um, oh, 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 the rectangular clarifier, again, geometry, this is Little Maumelle, just a different geometry, different pattern. Uh, the rakes there on top uh, pretty much pull the scum, the floating material in one direction, and then they pull the sludge in a different direction where ultimately the clean water comes up and out the clarifier. Now, uh, as part of process control, the operators at each facility, they grab a sample of that mixed liquor, and they really want to see how well that settles and compacts. And they do that in the settleometer, and they time it over 30 minutes. Now, this was about two minutes after the uh, material was poured in, about 15 minutes later and then about 30 minutes later. So this is a well-compacted biomass at the bottom. At the top is the water that we actually disinfect and discharge out to the Arkansas River. The biomass down there is much like that, that's settled at the bottom of a lake or river. Uh, We utilize that. Uh, It is an aerobic environment, so, so they really wanna go back to work for us. So we take about half those and reseed our activated system the other half we we waste out to an anaerobic process where unfortunately it, it's it's cannibalism you know the anaerobic bacteria eat the aerobic bacteria but it, but it's all good it's beneficial trust me so uh, like I said the process labs uh, each of the facilities has their own process lab that the operators utilize uh, there's the cellometer there they utilize this equipment so that they can perform tests throughout the day and throughout the ship so that they know how the plant is performing for them. Uh, here, uh, uh, operator Ashley is, is actually looking under a microscope. They actually take a sample of that mixed liquor and they will evaluate under the microscope. Now, the unfortunate thing is bacteria is so small that, that we don't need a, a microscope that sees that small. Uh, this is a... a phase contract microscope that we have available, this brown mass right here is actually the bacteria, and and they have clumped together. So really what we're watching for are these higher life form bacteria, Uh, uh, free swimmers, uh, crawlers, they actually feed on the bacteria. So if we know their growth pattern, then we know the bacteria is doing well. Here's a, a stalk ciliate. They actually have hair fingers uh, at the end that, that draw the food in. Oh, this is a water bear. Uh, it, it's actually an honor to watch and see one of these under a microscope. Uh, I've been in the business over 30 years. I've never seen one. Uh, some of the plant staff have, like I say, uh, they're, they're very rare, but they're, they're a great find. Uh, um, so after the water has been separated from the solids, we have to disinfect. For oh, me, This is the new UV system that was recently installed at Adams that, that uh, Hal Anderson was just talking about. And, and I want you to notice the water quality there. The raw water coming into a plant is um, on a scale, it's about 150 to 200 a milligram per liter. The water here is about two, leaving the plant. Now, by permit, we have to meet and be below a 30 for the month. Party. So we take pride in creating such clean water that we're able to discharge this of the Arkansas River. And, and truth be told, it's about uh, seven times cleaner than the river itself. <coughs> Excuse me. As Amber spoke, uh, UV disinfection works great at Maulmel and at Adams Field. Unfortunately, at Fush Creek, um, uh, the water and the, the, truthfully the the industrial. Uh, components in that water stream uh, really prevent us from using ultraviolet. So we stay with chlorination there, uh, it, it much like swimming pool. You use chlorine to disinfect the water, and then we have to to uh, dechlor the water before discharge. Now with the solids, uh, as we've separated them in the in the two clarifier systems, they they mingle I believe this uh, this building right here is the gravity belt thickener that uh, Amber spoke about where we thicken the solids before we send them underground here to digestion. And the purpose of that thickening is is really, you wanna treat the solids and be able to discharge the water. So um, the solids, (coughs) pardon me. And I point out this here, this is the industrial discharge. Uh, It's actually rice water. So that is a food grade material that we are able to co-mingle with our solids to to then send to the anaerobic phase bacteria. And and the beneficial part of that is they produce a gas, uh, much like the human body, uh, and the way we explain it to uh, elementary kids is is a digestive system. 95 degrees, uh, no oxygen, lots of food, you produce a lot of gas. And we actually capture that gas and use it in an engine generator to produce power, uh, supplement power for the facility, as well as provide us heat to warm those digesters. Now that material stays in about, oh, about 25 days. After 25 days and we inked out all the gas we can get, the uh, solids ultimately wind up in these lagoons back here. <coughs> Pardon me. We use two lagoons a year. The other two set. And um, you've heard us talk about the biosolids hauling contract. Uh, After this material is set and rested and and, and compacted over a year's time, the contractor comes in and they will actually blend that material, mix it up for a good consistency, load it into tanker trucks and then haul that off to area farmlands as a uh, soil amendment or as a fertilizer, low grade fertilizer. We haul off about 5,000 dry tons of material each year. Um, Again, reuse. (coughs) Excuse me. All of the facilities are provided with SCADA. Uh, It's an automation control. And um, each of the facilities has their own screen that they can pull up. They can view the various components. Obviously red is not good. (laughs) But uh, in this particular case, uh, it was undergoing some of the modifications that Hal was talking about. But each of the operators are able to control the plants from various computer screens uh, throughout the plant, as well as carry laptops with them to, to view and to control the, uh, each of the plants. Now, <coughs> pardon me, I would be remiss if, if, if I did not point out all of the support staff, all of the individuals, that that make us successful in in being able to meet that water quality that we're able to produce at all the plants. Uh, Adams, Fush, Little Mole Mel, they house different departments. The operations department, facilities and equipment, they keep all of that mechanical equipment running. The uh, environmental assessment division uh, that house the the sampling crews, they house the uh, industrial uh, pretreatment as well as the official lab that monitors the discharge at each plant and reports that to the state. So I just want to point out instrumentation as well. Uh, These folks are key in keeping all of the instruments running and and keeping that information fed to SCADA to help us control the plant. Now, if you'll notice, (coughs) those uh, prior pictures were taken pre-pandemic, so no masks. Uh, unfortunately, with uh, COVID, we've had to restrict a lot of tours. Um, uh, since then, we, we, we've kind of opened it to more of the scientific based. Uh, this is a biology class out of Hendrix. So So we want to key in on that scientific element. Uh, and those folks in that field are, are those folks that want to want a career in biology and hopefully wastewater uh, someday. Uh, this is Little Mall Mel. Uh, we encourage folks to come out. We encourage everyone, uh, including commissioners, to come out if they're uh, if they're able. Uh, we love to show folks the what we're capable of doing and uh, the desire that we have to have people involved uh, with operations. So, with that, I, I want to kind of come back to this image because because it, it truly depicts what we are all about. Uh, water is a finite resource. There's only so much around. Uh, it, it, it's imperative that we perform our duty uh, to the utmost uh, above and beyond so that we can produce water that is available for use and possible re, reuse in the future, uh, to, to everyone, uh, future generations. So uh, with that, uh, Chairwoman McBride, I, I'd like to end my presentation and open to any, uh, any questions.
0: Thank you. That is fascinating. Um- <laughs> I'm just a little, I'm almost embarrassed I didn't know so much of that before now. And I would love to take a tour.
1: <laughs>
5: <It's> wonderful. Wonderful. <laughs> we would love
0: it. Any, anyone have any questions for Mr. Collins? Okay. Mike Rota has our um, financials presentation. November financial report, I should say. coming. No worries. Can you see it? Nope.
2: There we go.
4: Okay. Thank you. Well, that's quite a presentation to follow up. I've I've seen that presentation a couple of times, um, maybe even more in detail, but I missed the part about the sewer goddess. That's the first I had heard of the sewer goddess, and now I know of something I didn't know before. This uh, particular picture here is, uh, the gentleman with his handout is Eric Walsall. This is out at the FUSH uh, treatment plant. He's our senior manager of our reclamation facilities. He's leading a group of new employees on a, on a tour and we we've been doing a lot of these lately it's, it's good we got a lot of new people coming in so um that's what we're featuring this month highlights for november revenue was 5.7 million dollars which exceeded our budget by six hundred thousand dollars. and year to date our revenues are over 60 million dollars which are four million dollars over the budget we are we are going to end up closer to million for the year, which I have to state is is more than our 2022 budgeted revenues. Now, it includes uh, the winter storm impact, um, but even so, uh, revenues have just been much stronger this year than we expected. And in the last few months, while we were putting the budget together, you know, this 2022 looked like a good projection, and I still think that it is. But we have exceeded budget by over one and a half million in the months of September, October, and November. So we have really uh, picked up and maintained really strong revenue performance, which bodes well for 2022 and beyond. And then in conjunction, it's it's the double, it's the twofer. Operating expenses continue to run less than budget year-to-date, twenty-five and a half million dollars. It's under budget by a million. So the combination of those are that we're going to we're going to end the year with uh, at least five million more in cash than we expected when we put the 2021 budget together. So really strong financial performance. Um, really, the revenue uh, uh, overachieving budget was done domestically and non-domestically. Non-domestically much more so than domestically, but uh, they were both greater than the budget. And we continue to monitor um, uncollectible accounts. This month there was a true up made by CAW, our billing partner on our um, write offs. And so we actually had a credit of $48,000. Year to date through November, our uncollectible accounts are at 1.1 $1. 1 million. They were at 1.3 million uh, last year. They're gonna either end up right around 1.3 million or a little bit less than that. So uncollectible accounts are improving which we expected as we as we got further uh, away from the initial impacts of the pandemic and the economy continues to recover water consumption you know i think here the thing to see is um it's on the increase for the rolling 12 months five percent on domestic and five percent on non-domestic You can see as you compare November uh, 2021 on the far right to the far left, November 2020, uh, that shows that consumption overall is up uh, November year over year. That's a good thing as we get ready to uh, enter the uh, season where we're gonna calculate average winter consumption for domestic customers in 2022. On the operating expense side, as I indicated, uh, we were uh, under budget. Across the board, really. Um, although salaries and benefits are coming more in line with the addition with the uh, new hires, utilities were, were were better than budget by fifty-five thousand. That's primarily driven by the fact that um, Adams Field utilities for November, the budget uh, expected us to be at full uh, capacity, and and we weren't. So. Um, we ran under budget in at Adams Field as well as other facilities. Contract services was under budget by fifty thousand. Administrative uh, items, which are travel and uh, training and development and insurance, were under budget by twenty-four thousand. Uh, administrative costs have run about twenty thousand under budget uh, on a monthly basis throughout the year. From a cash flow perspective, uh, we started the month at 58.9 million. We increased uh, and, and had 63.1 million in cash at the end of November. Our bond coverage ratio, as you can see, 161%. We're required to have 9.4 million in our operating reserve. We've got uh, right at 53 million in our operating reserve, and 10 million in restricted cash. And from a debt perspective, uh, debt we had uh, we took some additional drawdowns on some RLFs, but we made some principal payments in November as well, so that was pretty much a wash. Uh, our debt remains at 382.8 million at the end of November, and interest expense for the month was one million dollars. Be happy to entertain any questions.
0: I do have one question. I'm not exactly sure how to, add, but so I, I think you mentioned this in the um, in the budget, budget presentation when we voted on the 2022 budget. It right size that sounds everything sounds wonderful. It sounds like we're doing great. Uh, how does that compare to like to 2019, like before the pandemic? How close are we to getting back to where um, things are more normal? or where we expected to be then, where we were before the pandemic?
4: Yeah, that's a good question. I think, you know, overall, um, because of, from a revenue perspective, we're still behind. If we had not had the pandemic, our revenues would be closer to 65, 66 million at this point. So we're still running behind, but because of the moves we've made in um, our operating expenses, our Year-over-year year surpluses are actually better, so our cash position is stronger, even though revenues are have not quite made it back to pre-pandemic levels. And,
2: and Chairwoman McBride, it may even get better <clears throat> once the state starts to uh, distribute some of the uh, the uh, the LIWAP money that uh, the federal government provided um, Arkansas, which uh, I believe is about 1.3 million dollars that, that they can distribute.
0: Okay. anybody else have any questions?
2: Let me back up. That was $13 million that the state received for water and wastewater.
0: Okay, if there are any other questions. Oh, thank you. Um, Jane Block will present the legal update.
6: Hello, um, I will start with the litigation update. Uh, There's Uh, Not much to report on that uh, front. We're still waiting for the Court of Appeals to issue a ruling on the pending uh, motion for summary judgment. Um, In terms of other news, um, my plate has been full with just about every legal matter you could uh, think of from policy development to personnel issues to contract issues to easement issues. Um, I've also spent um, time... um, getting our new HR manager, Naomi Roundtree, on uh, up to speed. Um, she has been a tremendous asset at this point. She's been on board for right at two months. And, you know, at the end of the year is always the busiest time of year for HR from a benefit standpoint, and she has jumped right in and has already been, a, like I said, a tremendous asset. So I'm really happy to have her on board. Um, on a, on a um, less positive note, um, unfortunately, WE ARE PREPARING TO SAY GOODBYE TO OUR DIRECTOR OF ENVIRONMENTAL ASSESSMENT, uh, JAMIE EWING. JAMIE, JUST WAVE YOUR HAND. Um, JAMIE HAS BEEN WITH US FOR ABOUT THREE AND A HALF YEARS. Um, SHE HAS LED, LIKE I SAID, OUR ENVIRONMENTAL ASSESSMENT DIVISION AND THE, the LAB AND THE SAMPLING, OUR QUALITY ASSURANCE AND OUR pre-treatment, INDUSTRIAL PRE-TREATMENT PROGRAM ALL FALL WITHIN HER WHEELHOUSE. AND SHE HAS DECIDED TO RETURN TO THE PRACTICE OF LAW. Um, SO WE DEFINITELY WISH HER WELL. Um, and and um, that means that we will, um, I will be starting the process probably right at the new year and um, searching for her replacement, so more to come in that regard. So that's just a handful of the things that I'm doing.
0: Okay. Uh, thank you for your work, Ms. Ewing, and good luck in your endeavors. <laughs> yes, thank you to everyone. i have appreciated being part of this organization and this group.
3: And I wish you
0: all the best as well. Anyone have any questions for Ms. Block? Okay, monthly highlights.
2: All right, Uh, Chairwoman Bride, commissioners, um, this is always a fun time for me. Um, I'll try to make this as short as possible. Uh, uh, This this month employees contributed financially to our annual toy drive. Uh, Thanks to the generosity of our employees, we collected $1,254. We purchased bikes with helmets, remote control cars, scooters, they even purchased a hoverboard. Um, Board games like Monopoly and chest, ring lights, I'm not exactly sure what that is, towels, karaoke machine, easy bake oven, my absolute favorite, and many, many other toys. Uh, the items were delivered to the watershed where they will be distributed. Also, um, as part of our continued diversity and inclusion effort, um, I recorded a holiday greetings, get this, uh, from Univ- uh, Univision. I did it in Spanish. Uh, it will air through the end of the year on Comcast channel 1020 um, and 12, Uverse 58 and open air 20-1. Um, Chairwoman McBride also um, for the month of November, the Community Champions event, a couple employees spent time unwrapping and organizing medals for the Little Rock Marathon. Uh, we will be uh, wrapping up our Community Champions outreach um, for this year. This month, we'll be preparing the flower beds um, at the Repsiman, uh Tennis Court for the winter. Also, um, I, I hope you were able to attend uh, Little Rock Water Reclamation Authority and our Women of Water hosted uh, Dr. Uh, Kismikia uh, Corbett uh, in a virtual fireside chat on Friday. Dr. Corbett was part of the leadership team uh, instrumental in the groundbreaking research for the development of the Moderna COVID-19 vaccine. It was a great event. It allowed participation, p- participants to ask questions, this also included six schools that participated in the event. Several students took uh, the opportunity to ask questions about her interest in the STEM, as well as uh, the path she took to becoming a research scientist. As I kicked the chat off, I took the opportunity to discuss how we are intentional in our words and actions uh, to value, solicit, and embrace the unique differences of our uh, and perspectives, excuse me. Of our employees and team. We strive to reflect uh, the uh, the community we serve. Also Mayor Frank Scott Jr. provided greetings as well as Donna Terrell from Fox 16 moderated the event uh, and as of a couple of days ago we found out that Dr. Corbett also is on the cover of Time magazines and congratulations Dr. Corbett for life-changing work. I want to say uh commissioners that we will be advertising for bids for on an infiltration slash uh, inflow reduction uh, reduction pipe bursting contract for the Rose Creek, Rebsiman, Rock Creek, and Grassy Flats basins. This project will rehabilitate various sanitary sewer mains using the pipe burst or relaying-in-place method to reduce the amount of infiltration and inflow uh, into the collection system. And then also, uh, we have uh, we have applied for a revised conditional use permit for the Little Rock, Little Maumel water reclamation facility. The original conditional use permit uh, was issued in 2006 and it included language that the solids produced as part of our process would be piped away from the facility instead of being removed by truck. We are requesting an amendment to the conditional use permit to allow for solids to be removed by truck. The current means of conveyance um, routes the solids through the collection system where it is subject to infrastructure, uh, the infrastructure to advance deterioration, odor issues occur. Also, this really is sort of a redundant process because we've just treated the solids and then we put them back into the sewer and then we have to treat them again. So it's a very inefficient process. The ability to use the trucks uh, to uh, to truck the material uh, at Fush uh, we we will truck it to the Fush Creek Water Reclamation Facility where it'll be directly fed into the digesters. Uh, and be, it's a much more efficient means uh, to manage our solids. We will utilize the same access uh, roads that we presently present use now. That's also the roads that the garbage truck as well as delivery trucks use. So we really don't see an impact to anyone um, as it relates to that, as well as the containers will be uh, covered during transportation. Um, and finally, commissioners, uh, just a quick update on the Gain Street project. If you recall last month, you authorized us to move forward. With an emergency repair to the pipe under the North Gaines Street substation, the drawing shows the location of the old pipe versus the new route. We have coordinated the design with uh, Entergy as uh, engineers, uh, and staff feels confident that the chosen route is the best route. Um, uh, I emailed you a letter uh, and that I sent to the CEO of Entergy as well. Uh, you know we have had some hiccups with Entergy's easement attorneys. Um, and so we'll be working through that. But the contractor uh, has started today, uh, started uh, putting in the uh, equipment to remove groundwater. It's a dewatering process before they can excavate. Uh, and I'm confident this project will be going uh, to, uh, to, we're going to be installing a 54 inch pipe that will eliminate our risk. In the meantime, we'll continue to negotiate with uh, Entergy on the easement. Um, and I guess I, I asked commissioners, do you have any questions on the Gain Street project?
0: I, I'm just curious as to how you, how do you think that they might like, what are some of the options for how they might respond to us, uh, moving so, forward with so, this project?
2: So they are aware that we are moving forward with the project and the CEO, uh, understands the need to do so. They also understand that their substation is potentially in harm's way if our, our pipe fails. So they don't want to slow us down there. We are still working with their attorneys on the easement and or whatever other options we have. And um, I, Gene, I, do you want to add any more on the easement process?
6: No, I mean, I think you've covered it. I mean, this is, um, you know, it's it's been. Um, regular discussions, I'd say, um, near daily over the past couple of weeks. And, um, you know, I am ever the optimist that we will find a solution. I don't know what that solution will look like, but, um, you know, I, I think it's, it was beneficial that Greg had the opportunity to speak at length with their CEO. Um, and, and, you know, also sent the letter as a follow-up to really outline the, um, the severity of the situation.
1: So. Uh,
2: we're moving forward. Yeah.
1: Greg, really, I don't know, you didn't, I don't know if you mentioned, but we're all looking at the drawing and and the yellow, the line highlighted in yellow is the existing pipeline. And you can see the proximity to the transformers um, just below that that yellow pipeline. So it's actually under the corner of some of their, of some of their major equipment the blue line is the proposed reroute and it it actually takes the the line out from under any of their you know improvements and moves it to the north um paralleling the the river trail there and you can kind of see the Arkansas River just to the north but I just thought I'd mention that as we were looking at this drawing
2: yeah and and this pipeline is 20 plus feet deep so it's fairly deep it's in a sandy area the groundwater level is pretty high there so that groundwater has to be uh, lowered in order for the work uh, to, to commence.
6: And I think it's also worth noting that um, even as the attorneys continue their discussions, um, the engineers and the operations folks from our side are in constant communication with their counterparts at Energy. And so um, we are very mindful to, um, to you know, communicate with them about what they're doing and and, you know, some of the movement that they are making on their end even even as late as yesterday um, so it, it's not as it's been a, a productive dialogue um, and that continues
2: fantastic thank you chairwoman mcbride commissioners is there any questions of uh, any of the other highlights um, if, if not if you don't mind I'd like to go on with the um, with the proposed um, Uh, January um, items.
0: Yeah, Please do. Thank you.
2: Okay. Um, We'll have a contract award for uh, inflow and infiltration reduction program around the Roseland area. Also, a large diameter capital improvement uh, plan dashboard uh, presentation to the commission. And then uh, a recommendation of award for an annual asphalt and uh, concrete surface repair. um, And, uh, you know, commissioners it's uh it's on, on on these contracts It's like anything else so prices are going up we're hoping we can get some uh, some good bids
0: fantastic thank you and,
2: th- and that's all i have
0: all right any old business new business our next meeting is january 19th 2022 in a whole new year <laughs>
2: have a merry christmas and a happy new year and hope you're safe
0: same to you any objection to adjourning the meeting hearing none the meeting is adjourned thanks everyone for your work